to the slush pile. Uh, we here at Painter Bright Quarterly do this podcast in order to uh, show you what the editorial process is like, at least for us. Uh, <laughs> what that is generally is a, a democratic editorial policy. And um, we are about to read two different poems by two different poets here today. Sarah St. Vincent and Carolina Zapal. None of them are here today. Boy, that would be fun. We talk about doing that sometimes, but we haven't yet. The we in question is a bunch of editors scattered all about, but here we are um, for you and closer than we often are really, even though we're Zooming, we're still Zooming. So um, I'm Kathleen Polkmiller and I'm in my, on my third floor in Collingswood, New Jersey where I am a lot of the time these days, a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. um, so that's me. And I guess I'll spring it to North Carolina. Deep in the heart of North Carolina, it's Marion Wren standing at a standing desk. I'll have you know. Oh, good. I've, I've upped my game. I'm circulating my blood instead of being crunched in a panic ball over my Zoom for 24 hours a day. Um, so yes, greetings from North Carolina, and I'm gonna bounce it to back to Philadelphia, Samantha. Hi everyone. Um, my name is Samantha Neugebauer, and I'm here in Philly. Um, and uh, I'm going to bounce it to New York. Excuse me. Uh, there are two of us in New York. Yeah, I'm going to bounce it to the person who's more decorated for Christmas already. Oh. <laughs> so in we Long can Island proper. So not to the Jew. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to send it to Jews. <laughs> I, will, I can turn the plant plan off i can turn plan off that's how it you works. don't have to be ashamed no, of being christianized it. it's okay the war on christmas is real but you don't have to fight it well, it's a rainbow christmas tree that's why i have it it's a what kind it's rainbow colors oh i got it from my grandma's house it's like it's the right shoe tacky that i want in my life it's like a cheap like it's like tinsel like silver I'm Alex Tunney, by the way, from Long Island. As we're talking about a tree you can't see right now. So. <laughs> Although, that'd be a cute pick for social. It sure would. Oh, um, all right. Uh, and, and my vanilla lighting. All right, there we go. There. You know what, Alex? I think the size of it is really, really what allows you to get away with it. Mm -hmm. Although I still question that it's up and it's November 16th. Sl slushies, we should tell you it's a very small tree. Yeah, but slushies, we should tell you that perspective on Zoom is a tricky thing because it could be like ten feet tall and <laughs> ten inches. No, it's know. only on a table, like a TV tray, right now. So it's I know what, Alex. <laughs> oh my God! All right, so from Alex and his rainbow Christmas tree, inherited from his lovely grandmother, um, we go to Jason. I, I am Jason Schneiderman. I am here in um, Brooklyn, going a little stir crazy. Um, enjoy, but and, and I, I did want to point out we were on Zoom before it was cool. Yes, we like were. We, we've we're been zooming this podcast yeah. for literally decades. It's true. It's true. We've, we we've been doing this doctor. since 1991. <laughs> my my relationship to the truth has just disintegrated in like the last three weeks. I'm just like I don't. I don't know what the truth is anymore. I just make things up. It's, it's I'm sorry, slushies, but that's that's just where I am right now. It's all true. It's all true. It's all true. 
Well, here we are, team, looking at two poems today. Yes, indeed. It's our favorite thing to do. Yep. It's what we do the best. Um, so that said, it's time to to um, voluntold Jason. Oh. Start <laughs> off. Right. Why not? Okay. Are we starting with um, for a sparring partner? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm jumping right in. This poem is called For a Sparring Partner. Here is the dance of things I should have done. The rehearsal that comes when the show has already left town. My hands at your throat, your fingers wrapped around my hip joint, like a lover, but less dangerous. I will make you my instrument. Your body will sing with pain and I will study that songbook. Listen for the sounds I have known and then never again to be tongueless with my mouth in a helpless O. I will see the blows coming and I will win. We will perform, show our strength, sparring, moving across a stage on which you are the only actor, unwitting stand-in for a giftless clown. And I will love you for that innocence, even as I bruise us to the bone. Beautifully read, Jason. Thank you, Jason. So what I admire, and this poet um, is Sarah St. Vincent, and what I admire is um, <clears throat> is something that uh, I heard uh, Don Lundy Martin say about another poet's work, Nicole Callahan, that Nicole's projects are often unifying like blush and bruise, right? Like those hmm. two things, right? And, and when I read this poem and hearing Jason read it again, it's, it, it feels like that duality, like the sort of intimacy, eroticism, and then the, the obviously like the, the, the wounding of it too, right? By calling, calling it sparring partner, it, it is suggesting, right? The, um, the violence at the heart of this, right? I, I love, I, I think the, the parsing of the lines is really gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, the way that it kind of emphasizes um, these little pieces of intonation. Here is the dance of things I should have done. Um, I, I, if I, I'd have to say I'm a little uncomfortable with O on its own line, uh, but I do like with my mouth in a helpless O. Mm -hmm. But that was really gorgeous. And I like the declaration after it too. I will see the blows coming and I will win, right? The, and then, oh, sorry. I will see the blows coming and I will win. We will perform, show our strength, sparring. There's something very um, kind of delightful in the compression and the spaciousness of that. Uh, you know how Jason just said he, one issue is the O, I also, have a little bit of a whinge a bit with that. And then the giftless clown. To me, I think that you might only say that if clowns are known for bearing gifts, but they're not so much, right? A gift. They're known for Pardon me? They're known for being at birthday parties. Maybe that's the like a balloon. Like a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That like it did it stopped me. It stopped me. Mm. It, you know, um, because I don't think of clowns as bearing gifts. I wonder if gift works there too, as like talent, like gifted, yeah. like gifted oh. clown, 
right? You would be technically an expert, but give less is like both empty handed and also klutzy. Talentless. Talentless. Yeah, that, that's how I read it too, that it, this cloud is just not a good cloud. <laughs> What I like about this is basically it's a, like it's like a wrestling promo, except it's a poem. Yeah, it's like it's like maybe the Macho Randy Savage isn't gonna do a Sistina about how he's gonna punch you. Although there's that like one math promo that I'll have to send a link to. Uh, but I just love, yeah, and it, it ties back to the intimacy of it. Like it's both like this isn't like I hate you, but I'm still gonna punch you. I respect right. you. I'm still going to punch you. <laughs> I mean, or crap it's, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, one of the interesting things is that the is that the language is really violent, and the pacing and the syntax is really calm. Right. Um, your right. body will sing with pain, and I will study that songbook. Listen for the, you know, like, and, and you're right. Like in a WWE moment, it's like your body will sing with pain. <laughs> but like. They, <laughs> You know, and that's not what happens here, right? That there's this there's this way in which um, the violence is muted in this kind of um, syntactic calm, and yet like kind of keeps bringing up to the surface. I mean that I think that bruise and blush thing. Um, I think that makes sense too when thinking about the syntax that way in relation to like what is happening with time here because the way I read this poem was really centered on my understanding of that second stanza, the rehearsal that comes when the show has already left town. And I'm thinking of it as like the speaker is like going over like how they would have done something better. And like what and like that you can slow down time in that way. And you can slow down like an argument or sparring in that way. And so like the language does this, but like if it were in real time, like like you both said, it would be really quick and and really um, loud, I think, and fast. Um, so yeah, right? Like I love that we're talking WWE and wrestling and punching and the sort of suspension, the sort of like still time, the hang time of a punch, like, you know, um, yeah, like even like artists who try to draw pictures of a battle in the ring actually capture Right, this that sort of still like the stillness inside that combat. And Jason, help me with this. Is it Gab Gabrielle uh, Cavalcarossi? Yes. What's the title of her book? Right, she's got a book of poems, and it's something about like like a hanging like the hanging punch or the something fist. Right. So um, the most she, recent one. It's. I think it's maybe ten years old. It's been a minute. Oh, okay. Because I was like, I, it doesn't sound like the one that I'm thinking of. Rocket Fantastic is the one that's the top of my. Oh, Apocalyptic Swing. That's it. Apocalyptic Swing, right? So there, there really is something you know um, compelling to poets, especially right, about the, these um, moments of of combat. And there's also there's a great essay in um, in American Scholar also about sparring and becoming a boxer. And there's such difference between boxing and professional wrestling, right? Like, like the spectacle of one, um, but both are deeply craft-based, right? So to be a, a good boxer is not just physical strength, it's also like the craft, same is true, I think, of wrestling. All of which to say, the hang time here, she catches it. There's something in the way these lines are sitting, even with, the, I know you guys don't like the hanging O, I kind of do. 
right? Like it, it really is just, you know, forcing you to stay open mouth with her. I think that O also makes me think of the clown face because I feel like clown makeup, maybe like a non-gifted clown would like do their makeup wrong. And um, I feel like there's a lot like riding on that image of the O um, and I want it, I want that image to like leak out into other lines somehow. So um, I, I'm getting the sense we might be ready to vote, but I have- I, I think you're right. I have a proposition for you. And this is based on my um, enduring love of Kathleen Volkmeller and her loves. So I learned so much by what Kathleen loves. And we all know slushies how much Kathleen loves podcasts. And one of the podcasts that Kathleen loves is Patrick Otuma's um, Poetry Unbound, which is part of the On Being series. And slushies, if you haven't listened to this podcast, run, don't walk to your earbuds, lay down and listen to Patrick Otuma talk about poetry because sweet mother of God, it's good. Yes, and, and wait, 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 can I say that he has already done Ada Limone. Yes. Thank you very much. We were early adopters of Ada Limone and Gregory Pardlow. So, you know, we've known since we were all wee babes. Yes, indeed. And so it, just working through my MFA class. <laughs> Jason, you're next, watch out. I, I, um, I'm hoping, I'll, I'll check my email. So one of the things that Patrick Otuma does is he reads the poems twice, right? So he reads and then discusses and then reads again, right? And Kathy and I were thinking that maybe we would do that too um, and kick it off with this episode. So Jason, would you like to read it again? Would you mind? Sure. Great. Um, oh, yeah. Perfect. Thank you, Mayor, for remembering all that. That's wonderful. For a sparring partner. Here is the dance of things I should have done. The rehearsal that comes when the show has already left town. My hands at your throat, my fingers wrapped around my hip joint, like a lover, but less dangerous. I will make you my instrument. Your body will sing with pain and I will study that songbook. Listen for the sounds I have known and been, never again to be tongueless with my mouth in a helpless O. I will see the blows coming and I will win. We will perform, show our strength, sparring, moving across a stage on which you are the only actor, unwitting stand-in for a giftless clown, and I will love you for that innocence, even as I bruise us to the bone. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. You're great reading. Okay, shall we vote? One, two, three, vote. Well, looky that. <laughs> it's We're not surprised. Thank you so much, Sarah St. Vincent. So great. Whoopee. Although I thought it was the, the I forgot her actual name, but I'm like, oh, wow, we got St. Vincent the right Oh, Edna St. Vincent. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's time travel is part of the podcast, right? That's the PBQ thing. We can actually move through time and space, so. How about that? I was, uh, yeah, 1991. I was, I was there this morning. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> there was a lot of neon green. And big <laughs> hair. I'm still in it, friends. Oh my God. Can I tell you, like, are you watching the Kristen Dunst show where she's in Florida? It's like, oh, I'm becoming a, a god in Central Florida or something like that. It's so good, but she has bangs 
in the early 90s that are not sprayed up. Her bangs just hang down as though she lives in the present. Oh. And anyone who lives in the 90s remembers that there is no there there was no blonde girl with bangs who just let them curtain her face. That oh, that well, right. Because there's like no hairspray anywhere. The residue of the 1980s was such that the hair had to sort of descend into the 90s, didn't it? Right? It had to sort of just deflate, like sort of lower. Yeah, lower. Rachel. yeah exactly. And also, by the way, speaking of the 90s. I am sporting some serious flannel, slushies, oh, flannel. Wait, I should cut the sleeves off though and rock it like I'm Axl Rose. On that note, um, we have one more poem to discuss today. And this one is by Carolina Zapal and it's called Good and Tired. Oh, Marion, you should read that one. Can I read that one? Thank you for nominating me, <laughs> Kathleen. Thank you for nominating me. Can you tell I was excited to read this one? I just feel like you might have some kind of synergy with this. Uh why because i can't tell you what day of the week it is because i don't know what time it is because i can't tell time anymore all right good and tired this isn't the i love you i want from you nor the i love you you want from my mother this isn't the obligatory i love you too like the refrain of a dead end street though surely there was a sign warning you near the distraction of a wooden swings yaw This isn't the I love you I feel when I see it. You're crushing on your best friend when in her red dress she carries too many bags in from the car. Her perfect bird weaved hair, never not smiling for the camera and your never not loving hands. This isn't the I love you a pet owner jiggles to his pet like keys to a much bigger understanding of the relationships between angels. Summer. I love your budding leaves encroaching on our takeout dinners, on us buds loving and burgeoning goodbyes, but it isn't that either. What it is, is a good and tired kind of love after what feels like years swimming across a lake, watching her there, amaranth mystery taking wing in the soft water and thinking, this is my we, when dancing with Kate Bush and speed and wind, waiting all car ride long to tuck in her tag, to touch her skin with purpose, like closing someone's eyelid, knowing that hiding may be the easiest way to rest. Holy shit, that's a poem. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Mary. Yeah. So, um, slushies, while we're thinking, let me narrate for a moment and tell you that you really should go to the site, kbqmag.org, and take a look at these poems um, as we're discussing them before we discuss them, maybe. Yeah, well, the same day that we release this, you'll be able to see it on the site. Um, this poem uh, has no line spaces whatsoever, no line breaks whatsoever, no stanzas, it's one long and I don't know it's like medium wide I'm seeing so many especially for my students you know poems that take over the whole screen you know ah do you so so interesting slushies let's just be really really transparent about this right KVM, 
Yeah. So we're looking at a shared screen now. Is that what you're seeing on your screen? Sorry, I have to go back to my screen. I mean, let me escape the shared screen. Yeah, well, I guess, yeah, what I meant was no stanza breaks. To say ah, okay. Of course, there's line breaks. That's why I was saying it's not, it's not wrap text, Got it. it's medium width. Got it. There are line breaks, but there's no stanza breaks. Got it. All right. But you know what? I'm glad we paused just to clarify what we're all looking at because even though since we've been doing Zoom since 1991, thank you, Jason Schneiderman, right? Moving poems across media forms sometimes zaps the lines, right? Like, what, yeah. you, dear poets, what you think you are sending to a lit mag sometimes opens up in a document doesn't look like what you had intended, right? So always double check, we'll always double check, right? And so that was a really helpful moment to clarify what we're actually looking at. So, and, and to Kathy's point, what we're looking at is it, there is no stanza break here. It's like one solid fist of a poem, right? Borrowing a metaphor from sparring partner, sorry, right? But there are, are line breaks in it. And the silence is the sound of thinking. Can I ask a question? Shoot. Mm -hmm. Is this like a kind of an, an unrequited love? Because I like, I guess when I think good entire love, I think like long relationship, like we've been in this, but like the way it ends and also just like, it, it doesn't seem like it's one person's tired, not like both are tired, I guess, at least the way I've interpreted yeah. initially. Alex, I'm with you, right? And especially the gesture at the end of like fixing the tag. The last line is knowing that hiding may be the easiest way to rest means like not just unrequited, but actually not speaking it, right? It's like the love you're not gonna name. I, mean, I, love, I love the way it goes through what kinds of love it's not. Mm -hmm. um, not the I love you I want from my mother, not the obligatory I love you, like the refrain of a dead end street. Um, not the love you feel when you're crushing on your best friend. Like, I mean, not the love of a pet owner, but I, I'm not sure what, it is the love. I'm, I, I'm not sure I get to, summer I love your budding leaves encroaching on our takeout dinners. I, I, I can't quite find the you here. You know, I, I think I'm reading it the way Marion is, that this, this is a, a friend for whom the speaker has felt love for a long time. I think that's why we even get all these different kinds and. Summer, I love your budding leaves, implies that in fall, I love something else, and in winter, I love something else, and in spring, I love something else. And that end moment, the waiting, waiting all car ride long to tuck in her tag, to touch her skin with purpose. But the, the, the speaker is still waiting to act on the love. Yeah. The way I mean it. That is just like deliciously painful. Like that image of like des like desire to touch the beloved, right? And then, but for whatever reasons, it's not permitted, right? But the 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 casualness of the gesture is so saturated with meaning, you know. Oh, those last lines are just painfully gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I feel like there's 
there's a lot like you know in in poetry or in film or in songs like i'm thinking of like in the rem song like i saw you standing right like about unrequited love but i like this like unrequited love like after a long time i feel like it's just gorgeous because mm-hmm. the the idea of that like even that kind of love like ultimately reaching like a point that's not um in that's just like a state of being I think is really interesting and then I also wanted to say I feel like this would be such a fun poem to like read with non-native English speakers just because we get like a lot of flack I think for um for always like using love to describe everything and this shows like how like kind of versatile that word can be and how like there is an understanding even if like the tone of the word doesn't change or like how we say the word that we mean something different in the Uh Uh Samantha I love that right like what is that the 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 cliche that you know the Eskimo have so many words for snow in a way right like there's so many different variations and what this poem that this poet is doing is actually giving you the nuances and gradations of love but I actually thought you were going to say that the um, the use of the repetition of words was the thing to show, right? So slushies, look at the second line if you get a chance. This isn't the I love you, I want from you, first line, nor the I love you, you want from my mother, right? So that double U in the second stanza is something that this poet does over and over. Like double is is, double, you know, the, the sort of the, the close approximation of the same word is really tricky to read Um, But it does this sort of like conversational thing um, that keeps it flowing, right? And I don't, there's probably a grammatical term for that that I don't know. Um, So slushies, if you've got, you know, better grammar than us, by all means, (laughs) please please give us the word for that, that the doubling up of a word. um, Well, even I love you is said so many times. I love you. Right. And she gets away with it. Yeah. Right. Like that's a magic trick too, where you would tell somebody, don't repeat the same phrase. Yeah. Right? Ad nauseum in a poem. And she says it again and again and again. And again, again and again. Right. And it's and to Samantha's point, it's sort of a cliche, but she breaks it out of that. Never right. cheekly. Right. It's never yeah. ironic. All right. Yeah, and it, it sort of becomes this negative space, right? That you're sort of seeing the outlines of what it's up against, but isn't. Mm-hmm. What it is, is a good and tired kind of love, right? And then in that moment, you're like, you know, right, to, to Alex's point, is this like a, an old couple sort of in a, in a shared nostalgia, right? Like they're, or they're just so comfortable with each other. It's like old sweatpants and flannels, right? Like that's your, your performance of, of fashion for each other because it's just so comfortable. But it's not that. It's, she, it's good and tired. And yet there's this, this secret at the center of it, right? And and that's that. It, it's just fascinating. It just it ruptures that sense of safety. Is, is so it's like I guess then I'm interpreting it as like this love that like the one the speaker is like kind of pushed down into friendship, being like I'll take this at least, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh my gosh, you guys, <laughs> what? It is, is a good and tired kind of love after what feels like years swimming across a lake, watching her there 
Amar not mystery, taking wing in the soft water and water and thinking, this is my we when dancing with Kate Push and Speed and Wing. This is my we. Right. Ah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Right. And the just the intricacies of the image work there, right? Like this is like this is like this is like this, but it's like a fucking montage. Like it's a cinematic montage of images in order to get at the feeling of this unrequitedness and secret comfort, right? So interesting. I'm ready to vote. No, we gotta okay, read it again. It. We gotta read it again. We gotta, oh, we gotta yeah, go to my double reading. Double reading. Okay, so jump in, do it. Okay, ready, 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 ready. Sorry. ready. I have to, okay. And so my neighbor's dogs are barking. Hopefully you won't hear them as I try slushies to read this poem by Carolina Zapal a second time. Good and tired. This isn't the I love you I want from you, nor the I love you you want from my mother. This isn't the obligatory I love you too, like the refrain of a dead end street, though surely there was a sign warning you near the distraction of a wooden swings yaw. This isn't the I love you I feel when I see it. You're crushing on your best friend when in her red dress she carries too many bags in from the car, her perfect bird weaved hair never not smiling for the camera and your never not loving hands. This isn't the I love you a pet owner jiggles to his pet like keys to a much bigger understanding of the relationships between angels. Summer, I love your budding leaves encroaching on our takeout dinners on us buds loving and burgeoning goodbyes, but it isn't that either. What it is, is a good and tired kind of love. After what feels like years swimming across a lake, watching her there amaranth mystery, taking wing in the soft water and thinking this is my we, when dancing with Kate Bush and speed and wind waiting all car ride long to tuck in her tag, to touch her skin with purpose, like closing someone's eyelid, knowing that hiding may be the easiest way to rest. So well Snap. done. Gorgeous. Snaps goes to Marion and Caroline. Um, but now are we ready to vote? Now we're ready to vote. Now we're ready, now we're ready to vote. Okay. One, two, three, vote. Well, how do you like that? Unanimous yes. Boy howdy, boy howdy, as they say in North Carolina. Boy howdy. Um, Marianne, I was gonna like see if you'd pick up if I psychically tell you. I feel like we should tell the slushies and the rest of this editorial board what happened with this poem and specifically, and about how amazing our editorial process is and how tricky this whole yeah. business is, right? Yeah. You want to say it? I, I will say it, um, and it's it's this poem, but others too, right? Absolutely. So the, the poet should be should rest assured, right? Um, as all contributors to the magazine should rest assured that the time we take to respond to you is because we are responding to you. Meaning, each poem that comes to PBQ has to be read at, um, three times by three different people, right? And poems that have come on this podcast have sometimes been rejected twice by two separate people 
only to be snatched by a third person to say, oh, wait, hold on, not that one, that one, that one. Let's bring it to a podcast. And then when it comes to the podcast, there's suddenly um, the spaciousness, it sort of blooms right into our, like into our understanding, right? And so I, I know that sounds a little bit loopy, but it's really fascinating to be a witness to that, right? Yeah. To, to see well, how many different readers have, have taken the poem seriously. And it certainly happened at regular editorial meetings as well. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. We'll bring, because if only one voice says yes and two others said no, we still bring it to our normal editorial meetings. Right. And things have gotten in that were initially rejected by yeah. a couple other folks. So yeah, that's all. I just thought that, um, I thought that we should note that. Yeah. And I, I think too, it's, it's worth noting slushies that our votes are pretty straightforward. It's a yes, no, or maybe. Right. And we're, we're working in submittable. And, and for me, there's no maybe. That's why I'm laughing. I listened to a lot of maybe for a long time. In KBM's world, there's a yes or a no when yeah. I'm running meeting. Right. Right. So, and you know, so some people like a maybe when they're feeling a little baffled, right. And they want to hear from their, their colleagues, right. Especially if the poem is working outside of their own comfort zone, right? Like if you're, if you're not big on avant-garde poetry, if you're not digging experimental poetry, you're going to say no to it, right? Because you're not, it's not your thing, but somebody else might really enjoy it, right? So anyway, all this to say, we really do stand by this editorial process and it, and it yields gorgeous poetry like this that might have, you know, slipped through the cracks um, in, in for whatever reasons, right? Taste or, or other other reasons that people would say no to poems. We are able to sort of sift and sift and sift and find them. And it just takes time. So we appreciate the patience. Absolutely. Yeah. Yay. All right. I think, I think that might be it. Does anybody have anything to say? The Queen's Gambit. Oh, it's so good. Oh my God. Speaking of bangs. What's that? Speaking of bangs. Speaking of bangs. Throwback, throwback to bangs. Yes. I just, there's something so delightful about smart people doing shit well <laughs> or le learning to do it well. I could just watch that and watch that and watch that. So, yeah. All right. Well, um, thank you slushies for listening in and thanks everybody for being here and all the hard work that goes into it on all ends. Um, and uh, keep reading. Woohoo! Woohoo!